Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kasungram Dialogue. I hope everyone is well and safe during this time. Our guest today is Darnell Samuels. Darnell is a friend of mine. He's a journalist, podcast host, and super, super interesting guy to talk to. So in this episode, we discussed training, self-mastery, the role of unsupervised play, and bullying and socialization, life lessons Darnell learned working in Ontario subsidized housing projects and as a basketball coach, and the importance of competition in society. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please share and subscribe. Now, please welcome my friend, Darnell Samuels. I'm doing well. How's COVID treating you? <laughs> it's treating me good, man. It's treating me good. I'm really enjoying it, actually. It's, have you been? Uh, do you know anyone that's been sick from COVID? Mm, um, nobody that I know. Just like friend of a friend of a friend, um, Tysa. But nobody I know. Um, but no, yeah, no. It's, it's been pretty good, man. It's it's um, as everybody's been saying. It's everybody's been saying. It's been surreal because. You know, this has never happened before <laughs> in history. So everybody's kind of like, okay, so what is it? What do we do now? It's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, funny when you think about how just like on March 15th or 13, whenever it was announced that everyone should be in self-isolation, everything just like went shut, you know, and then everyone's mm-hmm. staying at home and, and then you have these rebellious mm-hmm. What I've what I what, what I found funny over the over this isolation period is the rebellious ones that I know are the old people. You know, they they don't give they, they don't care. They're just like out there getting on mm-hmm. the buses, no mask, mm-hmm. walking mm-hmm. around. And it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you guys are the ones that are most at risk. They're like mm-hmm. you know, they're always walking around, no care for the world. Yeah, well how have you been handling it? It's it's been nice in one sense. It's, it's nice. I mean, nice as in like, it's nice to be home, but it's also been, it's tough being at home all the time. I think it's, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, we have a balcony here, so that's been very helpful just going out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a nice view. So that's been very helpful. Um, I try not to go out as much because maybe I'm a bit paranoid, but we have all these, cause we're, we live in an apartment building. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of doors and metal um, handle, like door handles and the buttons to press to get down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been, we've been staying at home, we're going out every now and then, you know, get grocery. I mean, there was a panic. We were, <laughs> I was thinking about the uh, the people who bought all the toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are they doing with their toilet paper? Now, well, yeah, now on eBay, um, eBay shut that down. And everybody knows better now. So, who's right? people are selling you know, it on eBay? Capital, capitalism gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People were trying to flip those things. Um, and then um, eBay and a couple other out- outlets shut that down. Um, and hand sanitizer, they shut down as well. So, you couldn't resell those. So, what do you think about that? Do you think it was, you know, what do you think about price gouging? Do you think it's okay for the uh, government to step in? <laughs> uh, uh, nah. uh, you, know, you asked me. Nah, um, 
I, I don't believe in price gouging. I, I don't believe that's a thing. Uh, well, you know, success report, man, like <laughs> because of the podcast, like I'm no, I, I don't believe in, um, I don't believe in price gouging. Uh, so I guess, um, I'm very big free market capitalist guy. Um, I'd be, I'm not, I'm not like Joel, um, libertarian per se. I'm, I'm more like classical liberal. Um, but you know, basically to answer that question in regards to price gouging, um, I believe that trade is mutually beneficial. So if you don't, if you, if you don't want to purchase it, then don't purchase it. If you're able to purchase it then you could have afforded it in the first place. Right, the mar the the market determines prices, not people. Is it better to have? <laughs> would it have been better if the if the shops put a limit on it, or made like first one is I don't know how much toilet paper costs now, maybe like ten mm -hmm. ninety nine. Second mm -hmm. one you buy is twice the price, you know, to to keep it in stock. That seems yeah, okay well, to me. Yeah, well, you know, at the end of the day, like if, if it's too much, then, you know, you're not going to purchase it. But usually, remember with, with the market, um, there's usually other options that come come about because people can't afford things, right? Mm -hmm. So people make do and they become creative and find other outlets for toilet paper, like newspaper. newspaper. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you got to get real creative. You just got to, you know, you know, take a shower after, you know, taking a dump. Like, you know, you got to make do. So, you know, all hope isn't lost because you can't afford toilet paper. It's just inconvenient. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah. You, yeah or you so. could just buy a bidet, mm -hmm. install it. Boom. No need for yeah. toilet paper. All set. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, but you know, man, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I'm really enjoying the whole quarantine thing. I think it just the slowness is super duper helpful. So, um, you know, like every, every, you can improve on, every aspect of your life now. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been working on my push-ups um, because my technique isn't that good. So I'm trying to, uh, I, I got, you know, bringing my arms in, right? Like I, like I can't do push-ups with my hands this close. My arms are going to be like this, <laughs> right? So, so now I'm like, okay, you know what? Yo, you know, if guys in jail, like, you know, thug workout videos, like if guys in jail, you know, are able to, you know, make it work, then, you know, us in our little apartments, you know, we got to make it work, bring the arms in. Um, I got a pull up bar. Um, I got a jump rope. So I go outside and I jump rope. Um, I started doing yoga. Yes. Um, that's been really helpful because yeah. I have injuries. I have injuries. So now I'm like, wait a minute, I'm actually rehabbing right now. I'm like, man, so when quarantine's done, I'll be back on the ball court in no time. <laughs> right. So, so that physical aspect, um, also, um, the reading, you know, reading my Bible with my wife and us having a lot of time together has been crucial. Um, but yeah, there, you know, you know, when, you know, when life gives you lemon, you gotta make lemonade, you know? Yeah. I think it's yeah. true with, with, with the quarantine. That's, that. it's, you can take it two ways. You can take it like, oh man, now I'm stuck at home. I'm just going to watch a ton of Netflix and eat a ton of food and then put on like 30 pounds and come out looking like, you know, Mr. Hobo Cheese, from what? Or you could come out and say, like, "Okay, I got time by myself." And exactly what you're doing, just improve yourself. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, like, I, I saw a video of you and your wife um, doing some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yes. Um. So that that was cool. So, so you were teaching her? Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I've been doing it for about, uh, I think, I think two years now, and mm -hmm. you know, I. 
during this, obviously I would go to the gym, I think at least five times a week to the, uh, to the jujitsu. And so when this mm-hmm. whole thing stopped, my wife bought me mats to practice on. And I was like, well, I've got mats, but I don't have a training partner. So then she was like, all right, I'll, I'll learn. So I've been teaching her and it's been very, it's been very interesting to watch for me. Mm-hmm. It's a sport that I love mm-hmm. and to teach my wife to show her these things. And, and I have, I have, I basically, I have, I read this book. Okay. Maybe you've read this book. Uh, it's called peak by, um, Anders Ericsson. He's a, no, I've heard of it. Okay. He's like a, a, a sports psychologist from Sweden, I think. Okay. And that whole book changed my mind on how to train better, how to train smarter, mm-hmm. how to mm-hmm. train faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the premise of the book is there are ways in which you can train that will improve your, uh, skill acquisition in a much shorter mm-hmm. span of time. So I, I, I read this and I started implementing it in my own, th- in my own, stra- in my own training. And every now and then I would teach, uh, some of the classes at the, at the academy and, you know, I would implement that same thing. So then when I, so my wife, when she said, okay, I'll do it, uh, you know, I'll train jujitsu. I was like, it's the perfect, perfect experiment. So then I basically, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm experimenting this, uh, this theory. And it's crazy to see the improvement that she's gone. She's gone from like knowing nothing, right? Mm-hmm. To now when we're sparring, we're sparring a little, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm sparring with a bit more force, a bit, nice. more, a bit faster. And she's, she's able to sustain mm-hmm and stay in the game. And so that's been very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, so, and it's been very helpful for us because you know, we're spending time mm-hmm. together. It's like an hour every, oh, an hour, 45 minutes in the morning, like early morning, and then 45 minutes in the evening. It's been very helpful. What? You're doing twice a day. Twice a day, man. Twice a day. <laughs> yo, yo, we try to fight, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yo, that's, a, that's a lot, man. Yeah. That's a lot. Okay. Well, you know what's so funny, man? I guess I don't know. Maybe because I follow you on, on Instagram. I got to unfollow this guy because I got all this Brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff popping up in my, um, um, the search, the, you know, yeah, that, you know, yeah, that, 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 that search, um, feed. Yeah. And stuff. So I'm getting all this Brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff at my feed. So I started watching it. I started watching it. I'm like, damn, IJ trapped me. Cause I, I've been enjoying it. I've been watching it a lot. Um, Yo. like the little Instagram videos. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so now I'm going to ask you a question because like, like I, I was doing boxing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, sorry. So help me. Like, why yeah. don't, why don't you use your fists in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? What's the theory behind that? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the history of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's, it's quite, quite interesting because it was brought over by, uh, uh this Japanese Japanese fellow in the early uh, 20th century to Brazil to uh, a family called Gracie family. Yes. I'm familiar with the Gracie family. Okay. So he, when he taught them the the Japanese jiu-jitsu, the younger brother, Helio Gracie was too weak and he'd he'd always been told, Hey, you can't, you can't do any sports. You can't play football, soccer. You can't do judo because you're too weak. You're too small. You're too fragile. So then he started watching his brother do this Japanese jiu-jitsu and he's like, well, this looks very interesting, but I, and I want to do it, but I'm too weak. So instead of what I'll do is I'll adjust all the techniques and really focus in on, the, uh, on like the, on the leverage part and leveraging joints and manipulating joints so that I can defeat bigger guys much stronger mm-hmm. than me. 
-hmm. So as a result of that, they developed this whole Gracie Jiu-Jitsu system. And the Gracie family, I mean, they were known to basically go into other academies. doesn't matter what martial art. They'll just go in and challenge people. It's like mm -hmm. straight up. It'll be like, a, you know, if you're... <laughs> You know, if you're playing like basketball uh, on like a random court, mm -hmm. you, know, you see a bunch of you like, yo, it look, you know, we could beat you. We'll challenge you. If we beat you, you don't come back to this court. Yeah. So they would just go into these academies. Yeah. who like, we'll challenge you. If we beat you, we're taking over. And right. So fight. And so they would fight with people like karate guys, taekwondo guys, and they would mm -hmm. all fight. But the jiu-jitsu, so the reason there's no punching, necessarily any punching, is because the whole point was to develop a way develop the groundwork for defeating an opponent without throwing a punch without with just using your body and your leverage mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. then yeah so there's no pun mm -hmm. there's no punching and kicking because of that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it, it's just one of those things you you don't like you i can't i couldn't really comprehend how scary it is to be strangled by someone was mm -hmm. very good at it until I went into the academy, to the academy that I'm currently at, and mm -hmm. then someone strangled me. I was like, mm -hmm. yo. You pass out? I didn't pass out. No, no. I was smart enough. I, I, I had watched some you YouTube videos. <laughs> uh -huh. Like, make sure you tap early. And so, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, especially when you start looking at um, fight theory, I guess. Um, Right. So boxing is called the sweet science, right? Yes. So, you know, so, so boxing would be known for, you know, your handwork, right? And footwork um, too. For hand, hand, yes, yes. Hand and footwork and, and keeping the fight on your feet, yes. <laughs> you know, you know, and using your hands to keep guys at a distance. But then, you know, you know, more times, you know, fights go to the ground, yeah. you know, you get taken down and that goes to the ground. Then it's a whole different theory. You got to, you got to know how to maneuver. Exactly. So I guess it's 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 important to know. And and I just thought it was I thought it was kind of beautiful just watching the maneuvering. And I was just like, oh shoot, like yo, if I get into a fight, like I can't take it to the ground because I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I, you know you just fight with out. somebody who's Brazilian just, just and they you know go for the legs and they take you down. That's oh, it. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah, and, that's it. And but but the thing about boxing is, man, they're just like if you're a good boxer. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be a good boxer. If you just know the basics, the fundamentals, mm -hmm. you know how to move your legs, mm -hmm. you know how to, you know, mm -hmm. yep. carry. Yo, you could take, I mean, I, I personally haven't been into any street fights, but all the videos that mm -hmm. I've seen of actual street fights from like street cams, the ones who box, you could tell, you know, mm -hmm. they have, they have their shoulders not squared up against their opponent. Yep. It's just angled. Yeah. And, yeah. Ah, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's this one video. And they're patient. Oh, they're patient, man. Mm -hmm. It's it's mm -hmm. unbelievable to watch. Just you see when you're watching these street street fights. If mm -hmm. you if you have two untrained guys go at it, it just it's absolutely brutal. You, know, you kind mm -hmm. of get scared, you know? but then you see a yeah. guy that's better and that knows. You're like, I shouldn't be watching mm -hmm. this, but uh, this is too mm -hmm. beautiful not to watch. Yeah, I, well, it is because like. Like one of the things that, you know, my trainer was, was teaching me was that, you know, before when I would watch a guy get knocked out, you're just, you just be like, oh, whoa, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. But then he would explain like, he's like, okay, but why? And he always said to me, why are they getting knocked out? Mm -hmm. 
Because in theory, what knocks people out is the, is the punches you don't see coming, right? Um, so that's why you have a mouthpiece. You have a mouthpiece, you bite down. And if you can see the punch coming, no matter how hard they hit you, you won't get knocked out because your, your brain is prepared for it. Your, your jaw's locked in. Um, but it's the punches you don't see coming. But usually the punches that you don't see coming are because it's just bad fundamentals. Like you, you, like you can see it. Like sometimes if you go back and watch these boxing matches and you see guys get knocked out, you're like, oh, he dropped his hand. Oh, his footing was bad. Oh, you know, um, yeah, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't prepared. You know, he wasn't keeping the one hand up on his jab or whatever the case is. But usually when they get knocked out is because of bad fundamentals. So when you train you know, you know, do the fundamentals so you can protect yourself, you know? How long have you trained? Not long, not long, just a couple months. Just I'm not a couple, couple months, but you know, for me, um, it wasn't so much me wanting to get into ring the fight people. I, I just, um, yeah, no, no, well, my wife ain't having that. So, but you know, you know, you watch a couple Rocky movies, uh, Creed, you know, one and two. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get my Michael B. Jordan on, you know, some, you know, I want to be able to be cut up, right? So, but, but you start to like look at the the theory behind it. So, like all all sport, all sport, not even just sport, just all things, all disciplines have like fundamentals. Whether it's dancing, yeah. Brazilian jiu jitsu, basketball. So, I, I just find I found boxing fascinating because you know anybody can box. Not everybody can play basketball. Not everybody can play soccer necessarily, but everybody can box, and everybody should know how to mm. fight. Mm. Um, one of my friends said to me, um, you know, you know, we, when we, when guys work out and, you know, we look a certain way, we look a little bit more jacked or whatever. And my friend just said, yo, it's one way to look, it's one thing to look like you could fight. It's another thing to be able to. Yes. And when he, when he said that to me, I was like, oh shoot, yo, you're right. You're right. I'm like, man, like at least, at least if anything pops off, um, I'll be in a position to, um, defend myself and be in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I've been beat up before. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've been beat up before. And so, and then this is my pitch to people, to parents and especially to women who are against it and teaching their kids that I said, look, man, God speaks to you through two ways, through divine revelation, through his word and a good old fashioned ass whooping. That's it. God will talk to you. I'm telling you. And so now at that point, when you're like in between death and going to see the Lord and you're lying on your back and you're getting pounded and you're like, look, Lord, if I get through this, you know, I'm going to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with IJ. <laughs> I'm going in the morning because it's not, and like, it's easy to say, oh, boxing is barbaric. Oh, it's, it's rough. It's going to make him a bully. Well, you get punched in the face and then you tell me how it feels. You get pounded out and you tell me how it feels. You have somebody disrespect your wife in front of you and you do nothing to tell me how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at, at some point, it, it's just like um, three things in life you got to know how to do. Like life skills. Mm. You got to know how to read. Mm-hmm. You got to know how to swim. You got to know how to fight. You got to know how to do all three. And not to say you're going to go in the ring and not to say you're going to pick a fight. But yo, man, like, the, like, so bullies don't go after bullies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jerks don't go after jerks. They go after nice guys. Right? They go after the nice guys. So sometimes people go, oh, yeah, well, I'm a nice guy. Why would somebody want to come after me? Because you're a nice guy. That, yeah. Like, that's the essence of bullies. Like, you're a target. 
You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just one of those things where, especially, you know, as men, um, it's important to, um, I don't know if it sounds bad or if it's politically incorrect, but you have to be prepared to die. Yeah. You know, it's a place, it's a place that, you know, our culture, especially now where we're at, because we're very comfortable, like, you know, you don't want to go there. Um, but you know, man to man, you know, sometimes that might have to be the situation. And as Christians, um, you know, we're called, you know, Christ died for his bride. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Jesus got beat up, you know, Jesus did everything and he got beat up. You know, you know what I mean? So, so for us, it's just like, yes, well, you know, as you can see, this wasn't on purpose. My bride is right here. You see right there. That's my bride right here. It's <laughs> my wedding Beautiful. picture. Beautiful. Yeah, that, I love that yeah. photo, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so like at some point, like I have to be prepared to, um, die for her to protect her just in case. Cause you know, guys are already, you know, some guys are just idiots. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at, at the same time you have to um, stand up for what's right. We're not, I'm not saying I'm not promoting picking a fight. Mm -hmm. All I'm just saying is, you know, standing up for what's right. And I'm just telling you, man, you never know. You're standing in the line at Wonderland mm -hmm. and then a guy throws a popcorn kernel at, at your wife. Yeah. What are you well, you, I can already see IJ's eyes. I can already see IJ. <laughs> It's like what you did what you're like yeah. yo a lot <laughs> i think there's there was a saying by um that i read somewhere that jordan peterson I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said but he said something along the lines of uh, you know it's it's one thing to look uh, it's one thing to be uh, to be a pacifist right and not know how to fight and another thing to be a pacifist and know how to fight because you have you have mastered your violence and that's the sort mm -hmm. of thing, the mm -hmm. people who get into street fights, you know, the random guy who just like start a fight for no reason is mm -hmm. basically the one who wants to prove something to someone out there. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. one who already knows, like, for example, the one who already knows how to fight, they're not going to pick a fight. They know the consequences of fighting. Yes. 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 Fight. Yes. Facts. And, and because you've learned your particular fighting style or your discipline, you're less likely to kill somebody. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, even for you, you know, you, if you're working out with me and you put me in a chokehold, you know, you're like, okay, you know, I, you know, I got, I want to interview Darnell again one day. I'm not, <laughs> not going to choke this guy out. You know what I mean? So you, you can, you can work with me and not hurt me, you know, yes. and I can work with you and not hurt you. But the worst part is when you um, are not in control, when you don't have, a, 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 you're, you're only fighting out of anger. Mm -hmm. Um when you're fighting out of anger, when you're fighting out of fear is when people get hurt, where you can accidentally kill somebody right. or get yourself killed. So when you learn those, when you learn the fighting discipline, um, yeah, it keeps you from um, fighting out of anger or fighting out of fear. And I mean, it, it's not to say that people who know how to fight don't get into fights. I mean, there are, you know, people get into fights all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just don't understand for me here, the uh, indigenous community here, uh, at least the, the people who've approached me to fight me, have all all been indigenous people. Mm -hmm. So they've been like, I, I was walking down the street, this is not Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And like three of them just came up to me. I'm walking mm -hmm. with my wife, uh, and then we're just walking on, and this, they're like, hey, yo. And, they're, I, and I'm walking towards them, right? Because I'm going into the street. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to fight? 
It's like, no. <laughs> no. I was, I, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was so confused. You're like, yeah, you want to fight? I know Kung Fu. You want to fight? You know Kung Fu? And you know, they're like starting to get agitated. I was like, nah, I don't want to fight. Thanks. And I just kind of kept walking, but you know, keeping my, like my eye just looking behind. In case yeah. They, like, yeah. 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 Try to roll up on you. Yeah. 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 So I walk, I yeah. Like, and this happened, this, this happened like twice to me. And they're both indigenous people who wanted to pick a fight with me. I was well, like, well, well, probably, you know, that's racist, man. They did it because the way you look. Did you tell me you're Indian? I like, yo, 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 you racist son of a, yo, I'm Indian. What are you talking about, bro? Yeah, it's, be like, oh. You're like, oh, all right. It's so strange though. I mean, I, I know the person that I've, I've had time, you know, you were talking about how, you know, if, if someone were to disrespect your wife, you know, mm-hmm. what would you do? I had this mm-hmm. one, I clearly remember this. This was when I was probably like 16. Mm-hmm. You know, I, had, I had no fight experience, not nothing. I mean, I've I got into fights with my friends, but this is like, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to fight at all. And mm-hmm. I was taking my sister out at a mall because she wanted to buy something. And, you know, I'm waiting for her. And I'm just kind of standing out there, you know, just waiting. And then this, my sister walks out and she comes and stands beside me. And, and I, I turned to her. I was like, okay, you ready to go? And then these three guys come up. And I, they said some slurs to my sister. I forget what they said. And I was like, and I was like, yo, what did you say? Like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, at that point, I was like, I felt powerless because I didn't know what to do. Mm. And it's like, it's probably one of the, you know, the worst, worst feelings to have. You're like, man, I don't know what to do. You know, because the first thing that comes to my mind is I want to kill them. But obviously, I don't know how to kill them. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yo, bro. But this is, and that's my whole point. Um, in promoting and encouraging, you know, parents, um, to put their kids in some kind of, um, self-defense because again, I'm bringing it back to Jesus and, you know, men being men in the scripture, promoting men to act like men and, and standing up for what's right, not just, you know, politically and opening your mouth, but, you know, like if you physically have to stand up for what's right, um, the Bible's not telling you to win. You know, if you can, you know, win, but there's victory in that loss as well. There's victory in that loss. Now, of course, nobody wants to get beat up. Um, and, and, but, but at the way I'm sure, and I know you're talking about that feeling that you had, you would rather die mm-hmm. to a point where you would rather die and have those guys talk to your sister that way. Like, yeah. it's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? And a lot of times as soon as, you know, when you stand up for yourself um, and you, and you do what you do um, and let the pieces fall where they may, but yeah, it's, it's a terrible feeling to walk away from, from that and feel like, feel powerless. You feel yeah. like you, you feel like you failed as a, as a, mm-hmm. as a man, as a, as someone who's supposed to protect your sister. And you're like, mm-hmm. man, what kind of complete, idiot mm-hmm. weakling am i you know mm-hmm. i could do anything and yeah, yeah and now of course and now of course you know and i'm sure you know your sister your wife or you know the person you're with would always be supportive and they'll be like oh no no i don't want you to fight it's okay but i don't know it's weird man like that thing stays with you like that thing like yeah you know your wife's saying your sister's like oh ij please those guys are idiots mm-hmm. see you know just ever just relax but in the back of your head you're like like nah man it's not okay like i should have been able to you know, 
say, yo, you know, go at it. And again, like, and, and I've said this to my mom, like, you know, it's a different thing for men because like I said, like men have to have to live with the reality of dying at the hands of another man. And I said, if some, if somebody does something to you, mom, like all of a sudden now I have to either kill somebody or go to jail. I go from Darnell making jokes and six cents report to killing somebody or, or, or going to jail. You know what I mean? Or someone killing me. Um, all because of, you know, somebody that's disrespected my, my wife, my mom, mm-hmm. you know, my kids. And, and, but that's just the reality of being a male. Mm. That's just the reality of it because there's always, you know, confrontations have, have been there since the beginning of time. And so we have to, you know, we have to wrestle with that feeling and we, we want to rise to the occasion. We want to, um, do what's right mm-hmm. instead of what's right. But, um, it's important to, um, you know, learn a self-defense. And then that's why guys walk around with guns. Like you can, you understand now, you understand why guys, you know, just keep a gun on their hip. Like, look, man, you know, I won't kill you. Um, but I, but I, you know, I will bust the cap in your knee. And I think, thing. I think the other thing is most fights are preventable. Like 99% of all the fights that happen are hundred percent preventable. You can be like, mm-hmm. all right, you are drunk. You're completely drunk. Completely yeah, off your uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no point in me hitting yeah. one, laying a really good, solid, just to the mm-hmm. jaw, and then you're down. Mm-hmm. There's no point in that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think most fights are preventable, and you know, there's that, there's the one percent where you're like, okay, this is not avoidable. Like if someone were to, you know, rob your house, come in, rob your house with a gun, you know, like mm-hmm. totally different story, mm-hmm. you know, and. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to do what you got to do. And this mm-hmm. is where I've always wondered here because, you know, I've, I've asked some of my lawyer friends about this self-defense rule, uh, self-defense law in Canada. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not vague, but it seems quite, it seems to do more, it seems to protect the um, intruder or the, the felon rather than the person who's protecting their property or their house or whatever. Yes, yeah. Which is so odd to me. Yeah, like the the stand your ground law, um, Trayvon Martin. That whole idea of um, you know, if you feel like you're threatened, um, you can do something about it. But here in Canada, you can't do something about it. If somebody breaks into your home, you can't you can't kill them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That might not be a bad thing per se, but yeah, just well, like <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like if someone's robbing you and they have a gun. And you have a knife, and then say you're like super good. Say you're like a ninja with a knife. You know, like, mm-hmm. between the eyeballs, boom, dead. I, it's like you could probably be charged with manslaughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you will, you will. So that's why it's important to, um, you know, you know, know, know the laws of the land. And again, you know, you know, nobody, nobody wants to get into a fight. Nobody wants to get into these these kind of confrontations. But you know, we there's always idiots walking around and somebody who feels like they need to prove something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, me, you and I advocating to say, you know, to jump in the fight immediately. Um, but you should always be, be prepared. Um, okay. So yeah, you know, you know, you try to talk down the situation, you try to talk it down. Um, but it's just funny how, you know, like even the thought of somebody 
throwing a piece of popcorn at my wife. You know, while I'm standing there, all, all of a sudden you kind of forget your name. Yeah. You not like you forget you forget your name. You forget where you are. You forget, uh, you know, who Jesus is. You you forget everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just red. It's just red in your eyes. You know what I mean? You forget everything. It, it happens though. It happens. And you just forget everything, and you're like, "Yo, what is he? What guy? You even forget who you are. You forget that you can't fight." <laughs> You know, and then you find yourself in in a situation. So that's why it's important to um, learn how to fight, learn the science and the theory. And it's very fascinating, even like um, a boxer's fracture, like how to throw a punch, how to form your hand um, and that you punch with with, with these two and not these two. You you land a punch over here with this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You fracture that. For the listeners, these two are the uh, pinky and the ring finger. Darnell's one. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the first two, uh, f- the first two fingers up here, close to your thumb, are the carpal carpal tunnel. Okay. Um, and you want to hit with that. Um, and again, you know, and it's, and it's just one of those those simple things. You're like, yeah, okay, if you're gonna land a punch, don't break your hand punching somebody. If you're gonna land something, land it this way. Yeah. Um, and so and so forth. But yeah, it's, it's important. I, I think if um, one of the guys on on my um, thanks coach yeah. podcast. Um, um, he was training me and yeah, and he, and he was just basically saying, um, Shavar, his name is Shavar and Shavar was just saying to me that, um, you know, if more, if think about it, if majority of men learned how to fight, we would have less gun violence. I think you're right. I less violence. It probably, I mean, yeah, I would probably think less. Yeah. Less gun violence. Cause I, I, you know, at the point you're like, okay, well, okay. If you think you're bad, you know, meet me at this gym at three. Or if you think you're bad, if you think you're bad, I got my gloves in, in the trunk. You got your gloves? Okay, let's go then. You know, you settle it right there and that's it. There's something yeah. about, it, it is quite fascinating with, with men. When you get into a fight and you, you, whoever ends up winning the fight, not, not always, but often, the two people who just fought and hated each other while they were fighting be like, yo, good job. <laughs> you're like, well, is it, you know, is it, but is it, But you know what's so funny? Um, you know, when you watch boxing matches and MMA fights, what, what, how does this thing always play out? The press conference, there's pushing, there's shoving, your mom, your sister, you're this. And then at the end of the match, it's like, yo, yo, man, yo, he's a true champion. Uh, you know, you know, kudos to him. You know, he came and prepared. Um, I was just humbled to be in the ring with him. Like, wait, hold on. But I thought you were, yeah, yeah, no, it's funny at the end there, the, you know, um, it's good sportsmanship afterwards, but um, it's true. But you could definitely extend that into just everyday life. You know, if you, if you, if you, you know, let's say someone really wanted to fight you, you're like, okay, let's fight. And then we can just figure this out. We'll fight. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm mean, Not to mm-hmm. kill each other, but just to, you know, just to spar. And that's always, you know, it's one thing to do um, with male, just like, just the human male where you, the aggression, there's, there's just aggression. You're just more aggressive than women. And so right mm-hmm. now in the West and just most um, first, first world country is where we're living a sedentary life. You know, everyone's kind of sitting down always. They're mm-hmm. not doing much. There's not much like all your pent up stuff. You're like penting it out onto Netflix. You're like, Oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or, 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 or you're on, um, online and you're trolling people or whatever the case right. is internet a keyboard warrior is your keyboard warrior or, or thumb thugging as i like to say what is it 
Thumb thugging. Thumb thugging. <laughs> right? Exactly. And but you need that, you know, like you like you were saying, having people, kids especially, going into some form of self defense, uh school or martial art or boxing or whatever it may be. Yeah. And it's the educate, you know, I'm telling you, man, like the theory behind all this stuff is very fascinating. Like, even like, I'm sure you can explain a whole bunch about submissions Mm -hmm. and and what submissions do and how much can a person actually take and so forth. And, um, yeah, like, so even it's not just the physical aspect, I think there's like, there's like definitely the theory and most fighters will always tell you, you know, the best fighters are always the smartest guys. Right. Nobody, you know, boxing, they always teach you, yeah, the best boxing coaches t- teach you how not to get hit. Mm-hmm. Mayweather. You're not, tre- yeah, yeah, you're not trading punches with people. That's not what you're here for. You yeah. don't want to be doing that. You're going to get CTA for life. Yeah, yeah but, but you know what, man? It's funny because, like, yeah, you talk about that and like being a male in, in human nature. And I think part of what's different about the culture is that, like, you know, kids don't go outside as much anymore. Right. Um, and, and the play is not unsupervised. So I'm not, I'm not sure how you grew up, but you know, I grew up. Um, so my play as a kid was unsupervised. Um, so the, we didn't have like play dates, <laughs> you know, we didn't have play dates. What is this play date? Do you know, you know what play dates are, right? I do now. I, but before I didn't know what play dates were. Yeah. I didn't know what a play date was. You know what I mean? Like, Think about it. Back in the day, you know, your friends come to the door. And they're like, "Hey, yo, 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 can you come out? Yo, we need, we need one more. We, we need one more to play soccer. We need one more to play yeah, baseball. Yeah. We need one more for street hockey." I'm like, "Yo, mom, can, can I go out?" Like, Mrs. Samuels, can I? Uh, can I? Can I play Darnell? <laughs> no. Yeah, right, yeah, bro. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But but that's how it was. But then when you went outside to play, um, because it was unsupervised and human nature kicks in, a fight's bound to break out. Uh, it, it you know a, f- a fight's bound to break out um whether it's uh, you know you're playing baseball and the kids slides in the second you're like no you're out no you're not no you're not no you're not or or whatever the, or whatever the case tripping with with soccer and now all of a sudden the two guys are fighting yeah. um but but fighting was just naturally a part of growing up and it wasn't and it just naturally spawned from us just playing and then all of a sudden you know we got a disagreement and then it escalates to a headlock and then the headlock gets taken to the ground (laughs) now you're in a headlock now you got to find a way to get out of a headlock and you know the kids are just watching it yeah you know i we laugh now but but fighting was just you just got into it i i think it's just part of the animal nature in us you you can watch um a lot, a lot of animals in the in the king in the animal kingdom will fight for dominance. Obviously, they always fight for dominance. Lions will fight for dominance. Chimpanzees will fight for dominance. Apes will fight for dominance. But Lions. the one that's fascinating mm-hmm. is the dragon, like the Komodo dragons and the lizards. Man, mm-hmm. when they're fighting for dominance, it is it mm-hmm. is it is like watching high level wrestling. If you've ever watched high level wrestling, mm-hmm. style wrestling. Mm-hmm. It is like that. You do these two massive Komodo dragons just like going at it. Mm-hmm. And the way it seems like uh, the, the one who wins the dominant fight is the one who's able to pin the other dragon on the ground. Oh, it's just a pin. It's just a pin. Boom. And then he just like, and then his stun comes up and then that's it. 
and they're like, boom, That's everything it. comes down. Yep, everything comes down after that. Wow. So it's crazy. And wow, because I, I, I guess I'm thinking dog fighting. Like, like fights always end up like dog fighting. So with dog fighting, <sighs> not until the dog bites down on your throat. Yeah. Into, yeah, until you stop moving, that's it. No, but that's okay, it. yeah, but the Komodo Komo trick, that, that sounds pretty fascinating. It, yeah, I'll have to send you the video after. But the other thing that you were talking about, the unsupervised play, it reminds me of what Jonathan Hyde said in his book, uh, uh, what is it, Coddling of the American Mind? And then mm. he talks about unsupervised play and how important unsupervised play is for the mental development of children. When you mm-hmm. have unsupervised play, apparently they were doing research. They found that almost all unsupervised play ends up into a fight, but <laughs> but they all at the after like after fighting. I don't know how how long they fought, but after that, they all somehow came together and figured out a solution, and then they went back into play, mm-hmm. as opposed to supervised play where kids fight and then the parents come in. Parents jump in. Yeah, parents jump in. Play, play nice, play nice. Gentle, gentle. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that, that's a very good point. Yeah, because after all those fights I think about as a kid, bruh, we just, don't, yo, we just continued playing. Yeah. We're like, okay, well, clearly he's right because he won. So, <laughs> so, you know, you just continued um, playing, but, you know, fighting and and even just like you know standing up for yourself and you know learning how to communicate mm. as kids okay these are the teams these are the rules um loser stays on you know and so forth um yeah you know no it's very helpful for um for good leadership skills and i don't know i th- i don't i don't see us going back to that i don't see At the all? culture going back no 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 yeah. no I, I don't see that just because of the way things are now. Um, but for me, um, I would like to, um, so like, um, so like, so I grew up playing basketball and I grew up in ba- basketball culture. So um, pickup basketball is very big. And I'm sure same thing with, with soccer and, and hockey, you know, yeah. that, that pickup environment where you can just go to the park sure. and there's sure. guys you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And there's guys you don't know. And um, so what happens is you go, you go there and there's um, guys you don't know. And now you have to communicate with guys you don't know. And now you're saying, Hey, Hey, you know, okay. So if there's a game going on and I show up to the, to a, um, a basketball court and there's a lot of guys there and I'm, and I don't know anybody. The first thing I have to say is who's got next. I got to yell that out. They don't know me. I got to yell it out. I can't be shy because nobody's going to be like, oh, be considerate. Hey, there's, there's a random new guy over there. Like, yeah. Let's give him a like, chance. That's yeah. not, that's not how it works. You know, it's kind of like a jungle kind of atmosphere. So you got to come in and say, yo, 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 who's got next. Then somebody says, actually, no, I'm playing next. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, so who has next after that? And, and then the guy says, I do. I'm, and then you're kind of like, okay, can I, can I run with you? Can I run with somebody here? Can I, can I get on a run with somebody here? Yeah. And they'll be like, okay. So now that they see that you're new, they'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We understand. You know, you want to get in on a run. Okay. You can run with me. And now you're playing with the guys, you're coexisting with them. Now, sometimes, you know, in the heat of battle, you might get it in, you might get into it with your opponents or your teammates. Yeah. Um, 
but either way, um, you got you got to speak up for yourself. So there's no referees making calls. If that's a foul, um, you got to call your own fouls. Or sometimes, you know, you, you call a foul, and the guy's like, "No, it's not," and you're like, "Yes, it is," and boom, you have a confrontation. And you got to yeah. settle that. Yeah. Um, so that teaches you how to be independent and how to deal with confrontation and how not to be shy. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but again, because of, because of, um, our culture now, you know, kids don't really have that cause the parents won't let them, they'll let them play basketball, but it will have to be an organized situation where there's parents and right. supervision. Right. Like, uh, like what they, when their parents drive them over for training or mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for training, but I, there's a part of me and I, I think I would like to, um, st- start a gym. Um, and I would like to have my own open gym for kids to be able to come in and play unsupervised, uh, you know, without, without parents, um, like helicopter parenting, um, and letting the kids be able to, um, learn on their own. Why do you think, why do you think we're in this place where we have supervised play and we have this, this, Oh yeah. No, parents are scared. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Th- yeah. It's, it's definitely fear. Um, well, it's fear of one, well, fear like your, your kid being, uh, one kidnapped. would be kidnapped. Yes. Um, and, and you know, and I was saying this to somebody the other day, I'm like, you know, th- you know, times haven't gotten worse. It's just that you have a phone that updates you on all the worst mm. things that are happening. Mm. Right. Yes. It hasn't, hasn't gotten worse. Remember, when we were kids, yo, you, <laughs> you didn't know what was going on. You didn't know if there was a pedophile, that, like how many pedophiles lived on in your neighborhood. You can find that out now. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can. You can look that up. You, you, you can. There's a listing, so you can find out all the pedophiles that live in your neighborhood. Um, you know, then we have have the issue of bullying, mm. right? You know, Which, so you know, yeah. it's on the playground at school. Yeah, with the huh? with the uh, oh yeah with the with yeah bullying. no. You know, no, no, no. I was just saying that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? Uh, this, this, this Zoom is getting stuck. Oh, there you go. Okay. I was just going off on your bullying okay. thing. I think there is. Obviously, I, you know, I was bullied as a kid, and I don't wish anyone to be bullied. But there's a sense in which when I got bullied, there were moments when I was like, mm, I don't like being bullied. So I'll just stand up and say something. Obviously, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. If you're a very small kid like I was, I didn't even get my growth spurt until I was like 17 or something. So I was like, Whoa, that's late. Dude. Oh man, I was super small. Um, and so it's like, man, I got to stand up somewhere sometime, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but now it's like anytime there's a, anytime someone, there's a sense of like a little bit, someone's getting bullied just a little bit. You know, maybe someone said something bad. You're like, parents are in. Oh, your kid said this to my kid. Let's talk to the, principal and let the principal deal with this issue and boom boom it's like well you know the kids can kind of settle it for the most part and if it's really bad then man i don't know how bad some 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 bullies are really bad you know the the what the online ones where some kids are just evil it's just you know they're like oh you should go kill yourself it's like what I would, yeah I, you know you know you know so funny you say that like you know online bullies and stuff like that so um so one time uh, I was driving um, one of my uh, church members to church and we were talking in the car 
And, um, and so, you know, I was, you know, we were talking about high school and, you know, I, I was bullied in high school and I was talking about that. And, and she said, Oh, wow. She's like, wait a minute. You were bullied for real in real life. I'm like, like, because, because, because her, her reference for bullying is online. Oh, I see. I was like, real yeah, life. She's like, yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah. Real life. Yeah, no, no, no. Because, because she thought, you know, because like for her, bullying happens online. That's the definition oh. of bullying. Oh, you know, really? you're online and you're bullying. Yeah. You're bullying people online. I'm like, what? No, we had bullies for real. Like we had guys really take your lunch money. Like it was, <laughs> it was a problem. Like you got beat up for real. Like it was, a, so that's why for me, like who got, who, who, who experienced real life bullying, Online bullying to me, and no disrespect to anybody, that's a joke. Yeah. That's a joke to me, bro. You know what I mean? Because think about it. Like getting punched in the st- stomach or having, having a, a guy say to you, hey, IJ, how's math class going? And you say, oh, great. And I'm, your bu- I'm bullying you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Can, can I see your math book? Yeah. You took your math book. All right, thanks. Let me see this. And then I look through the math book. I'm like, good. Maybe one day I can help you with your homework. And then I take the math book and I beat you with it. <laughs> That's bullying. <laughs> That's bullying, right? You know what I mean? Me on Twitter, on Instagram, somebody, you know, telling me, you know, my oh. breath stinks or, you know, you need Go to die. Yourself. Go F yourself. I'm like, man, like more times, like. Like, thank you. you know, sign off. Sign out. Go do some push-ups. Go play some video games. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, just, you can sign off. Just, just log out. You know what I mean? Go smoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you can log out, but in real life, yo, you can't, you can't log out. Right. You see what I'm saying? But, but as far as like your question about like, why we don't have that. Yeah. Why we don't, why we don't have unsupervised play. Yeah. Because you know, kids out, you know, kids being out by themselves, kind of like that book, um, the Lord of the flies, mm-hmm. right. With, with the, with the young men who are on an Island and they just become very savage, Yeah, you know, and as much as we're made in God's image, um, because of sin in the fall, um, you know, we have, we still have a bit of that savage in us mm-hmm. and kids are rough. Kids are, kids are worse human beings. <laughs> yo, kids, yo, man, yo, kids are the worst. And like, part of it too was because, yeah, and I was one of those kids. I, you know, I, I was bullied and I also bullied kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I was on both sides of the fence. So I know what that is. Um, and, you know, parents don't want to want their kids to, to, to fall into that. But I'm, at the end of the day, it's survival, right? Mm. And that your kids can survive and be street smart and learn how to navigate personalities yeah. um, and so forth. But I don't see parents doing that. But I, I, hope, I hope that um, there would be more outlets. And I'm trying to create some outlets myself where, you know, kids can come and compete and play and, and, and have that same experience of coming to kids you don't know. It's not a play date. You don't know who they are. Some of the kids, yeah, yeah. You know, some of the kids might actually have a potty mouth. You know, one kid actually probably swears a lot, uh, you know, and you just got to make do. And, um, and yeah. There is, that, that is actually quite interesting with this, um, with this unsupervised play that you want to do. Then in regards to 
the online bullying. The, now the big difference though, unfortunately, is for most of these kids, online is real life. Mm-hmm. So now for them, you know, what you are online is the real you and you in real life is exactly is the shadowy version. So then if you get bullied online, they take it. So, and then kids obviously, cause kids are just terrible. They're, they're trying to figure out what is good, what is bad, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what is right, what is wrong. They're trying to push the limits on everything. Mm-hmm. So obviously you know, you'll have kids who'll be, you know, who'll be terrible people online and then take it back into the real life as well. But mm-hmm. oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So I'm pushing the limits online. Let me see how far I can go. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> that's, that's a very, that's a very good point. And I mean, man, it's weird because like, let's let's take one step or one degree below bullying. And that one degree or one step below bullying is sometimes you know, you know, some some sometimes you got kids you know in your neighborhood that are smart asses. <laughs> You know, yeah. just kid, you know, someone who just, who just always open their mouth and like, and I don't want to call that bullying. Yeah. I don't want to call that a, you know, bullying. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes, you know, you're with your friends and they're like, yo man, RJ, look at you in your pink shirt, man. You look, you look gay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that was, that was something we did growing up. Like, come yeah. on, man, you look gay. Well, you look this. Now, now we're going back and forth. Yeah. Right. But you know, that name calling thing was part of growing up and i wouldn't even call that bullying hmm. it was just one of those things because you know you know we all look funny we all we all there's there's something wrong with everybody here you know what i mean yeah so you can't and that's my point like that you know you can't avoid it yeah. you know whether your name is funny you look funny you don't have the new shoes mm-hmm. um somebody is going to make fun of you but to me that's not bullying so, for example, um, growing up, um, there was a bunch of us in the neighborhood. And so there was a guy who was older, and then there was a guy who was younger in the group. And the younger guy was making fun of the older guy. Is that bullying? Now, the older guy can clearly, he can clearly take the little guy. Is that bullying? Right? Because if the little guy's calling the bigger guy something, well, what's the bigger guy gonna do? He's gonna pound on him. Yeah. And he would, right? So it it was just one of those things where so for example, um we were out, you know, probably playing soccer, and um the guys got into a fight and um and um so the older guy, um his name's Mike. And then, um, can't remember the younger guy's name was, but Mike, um, he was dark skinned, right? And they got into a fight. So the younger guy says, Mike, shut up. You're, you're so black. You're, you're just a nigger. Right. And black, I called her. So when he called Mike a nigger, yeah. now it's two black people, but when, 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 when the little guy called Mike a nigger, right? All of us started laughing. We all, we were dying. We were laughing our heads off because, because the joke was, he's like, okay, cause he's, he's dark. Right. Yeah. So usually, you know, in theory, like when you make fun of people who's dark skin, you would say, um, you call him skillet. You, you know, say, yo, you're, you look like Daffy, 
Yeah, like you call him Skillet or you say, yo, you look like Daffy, Daffy Duck. Duck. Daffy Do your beak shot off. With the beak shot off. With <laughs> the beak shot off. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Right? Right? Or, or uh, oil spill. <laughs> man, oh, I've never heard spill. any of these. Yo, dog, yo, this is what we did growing up, man. Like, oil this spill. is real life. Oil spill. Right, um, you know, midnight, right, <laughs> bruh. So th- this is this is oh, what we yeah. did, right? But but instead of instead of him, he just said, "Yo, you're just a nigger, not a nigga, like in the cool way people do it, like rappers do it." He's like, "No, you're just a nigger. You're black. You're just ugly." And you know, all of us started laughing, and you know. It was, and then of course a fight ensued, right? And, you know, Mike ended up beating him up. But you know, when 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 the kid, I think his name was, I can't remember, I think it was Alvin. I can't remember if it was Alvin. But when Alvin made that um, comment to Mike, um, it was off the cuff, and it was in defense because Mike was coming at him. Yeah, he's like, "Yo, Mike's coming at me." He's like, "Yo, well, you're just uh, you're just a nigger." And everybody started laughing and everybody's laughing at Mike. So Mike's like, okay, shoot. Well, you know, to shut this down, I got to pound on him. Um, but of course, you know, you know, as in true fashion, you know, some jokes live on. And from, from that day, everybody called him nigger Mike. Right. To the point one time, um, I, I, um, when I was, uh, he, he, Mike borrowed one of my Nintendo games. And so I had to get my game back and, um, and I went to his door and his mom answered. And I'm like, oh, hi, um, is nigger Mike? I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> she's like, who? I'm like, I'm like Mike, is Mike home? Because we always call him nigger Mike, right? So oh, we're like, oh, yeah, God. Mike, Mike. You know, you don't, you don't call the woman's child that in front of her. You know what I mean? But, but you know, people, people um, you know, you don't want to, you know, people don't want to subject their kid to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, people, kids are, you know, depression anxiety suicide um you know um racial trauma right um post-traumatic slave syndrome like you know what i mean like yeah you can't yo people don't want their kids being made fun of yeah and i think that's i think you know there is a it's coming from a good place you know that they they're wanting the kids to feel safe and you know, and be confident in who they are. But there is, you, you as a human being have to come confront your own self and also confront the, the forces that are coming against you. You know, mm-hmm. if you never stand up for, for, for yourself, for anyone else, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to feel mm-hmm. like I felt when I was 16. You know, and mm-hmm. you feel like that for the rest of your life. And it's a mm-hmm. terrible, horrible feeling to have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it is something with the name calling. You know, I wonder if 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 Mike called the little guy Alvin, 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 same thing. What would it be? Would it would that be considered bullying? Well, well, I, I think you know. I think bullying is definitely. Um, I think it's one sided. I think about it, you know, I haven't really thought about it that deeply, but usually, you know, bullying is one-sided versus me and you going at each other. Um, right. And, and me telling you to stop because, you know, you're really hurting me and you're making me feel uncomfortable. 
then, you know, I, I've admitted that you have the upper hand on me. I'm the weaker person and I need you to have mercy on me. Then, yeah, that's a bullying situation. But, um, you know, you know, especially for Alvin and Mike, those two guys are not going to, Mike's not going to, you know, Mike, Mike's too, yeah, yeah. Mike's too tough for that. Mike's like, Hey, nah, man, I ain't, I ain't going to give you that one. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bow down to you. I'll, I'll pound on you. And the same thing with, with um, Alvin, if you called Alvin um, a name, you know, Alvin's not going to bow down to him and say, okay, well, we, will you stop? No, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep calling each other names until one gives up to one taps out. Um, but at the same time, because we all live in the neighborhood and we all use the same soccer ball, we all use the same soccer field. We all use the same basketball court. We use all use the same baseball diamond. We all play uh, manhunt together. Um, you know, you know, we're all chasing after the same girls. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, you know, you, you just live with it. And it's one of those things where you're like, you know what, man, you just, you just, you just have to solve the problem. Shr- shrug it off. Yeah. Because even like, you know, and I said this to my wife, like, uh, she was saying that I, I'm a lot like her father in that we like to make fun of people. <laughs> right. So the rule of thumb, her, her dad would always um, tell her like the rule of thumb not to get made fun of is not to show people that it bothers you. If they see it bothers you, then it escalates. So you have to show people that those things don't bother you. Cause if it bothers you, yeah, now, now you're a target. And so again, like for Alvin and Mike, you know, those guys weren't going to show that. They're not, they're not like, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not going to show that this is bothering me because, you know, then it gets worse. Right. You know, then, then, you know, but can you imagine if Mike started crying? Can you imagine if Mike started crying, bro? We, he'll never, will yeah, from that day on, and then Alvin becomes the man. Then Alvin's the man, and we're all forever going to be, you know, laughing at him. Versus like, okay, you know what? You shrugged it off. Um, you know, it is what it is. You, you don't have the up-to-date shoes. Your hair is a certain way. You just shrug it off, and you got to keep going. That, that, that's how it was back then. Um, but again, you know, you, you don't want people going into depression. You don't want people killing themselves. You know, you, you don't want that. But I, I think there's definitely a toughness that comes with playing unsupervised in the playground because kids are rough. Yeah. And, I, and I think there is a diff- I think there is that aspect of <clears throat> you were saying, you know, you don't you don't want you don't want to get to a point where you've hurt someone so bad that they do something bad to themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Right. Right. And, and, you know, as friends and as. Yeah, and as as friends, as someone you you know, if you're a friend, you care deeply about your friend, and if your friend says, "Look, okay, that's enough for me. I can't." Yeah, you might you're like, ah, man, this guy's weak. I took him, but at the same time, you gotta be, you gotta say, okay, well, I guess I went too far. Sorry. That's it. No, no, yeah, nothing, nothing terrible has happened. Mm-hmm. You know, kids. You, know, just, yeah, you can't yeah. tell that to a kid. You know, you if, <clears throat> I remember when I was playing soccer, and a friend of mine. It's my friend, obviously, but you know, he got into a fight and I used to wear glasses, you know, I have terrible eyesight. He's like, yo, four-eyed. I'm like, yo, what did you call me? He's like, yo, four-eyed, you can't even see the ball. I was like, and obviously this is, this is I was, you know, grade eight. I was like, man, I've never said anything bad in my life. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. yo, don't call me that. He's like, yeah, four-eyed. I was like, bitch. It ain't <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I was like, man, I said it. But, you know, deep down I felt, I was like, man, I'm the man, I said it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you stuck up for yourself. Yeah. 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 You stuck up for yourself, man. It's, it's important. It's important, man, because yeah, like, like you, you have to develop and it, some people are blessed with a quick wit, um, you know, and, and you're, and you're very witty and you can respond very quickly. Um, but again, you're like I said, it, there's a like problem with everybody. You have Who me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think you have a quick wit. Now. Yeah, I know, I know, I I do, um, but I I don't, I'm not sure where where you know how I developed it. But one thing I've learned is that you know I've been on both sides. I've you know I've had people made fun of me, and you know you kind of have to be um, the word is um, consciously competent. So there are people who are consciously incompetent, and there are people who are consciously competent. So um, you you have to be aware of why you're wit is so good and why you're so funny but also when that when that attack comes to you mm. so if somebody comes in you know make you know and i've been made fun of um and everybody has turned to point and laugh at me mm-hmm. i know that this can escalate if i show that it bothers me mm. um but at the same time the reality of the joke is, and, and, and that's the beauty of comedy because, you know, comedy has to do with reality. Like it's real. Like, like he's not like, we're not making it up. Like, so before like my hair, um, when I used to, when I was growing out my hair to braid, my hair was very long and I never combed it. So it was just, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with people with dreadlocks yeah. or free form dreadlocks I used to when, when they start to, Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, cool. You got any pictures? Right, you should post you, it on I'll IG, send, man. <laughs> but this is, photo. but this is no. Okay, okay, okay. And so, and so, but the, we're talking like free form dreadlocks. So, anyways, so a friend of mine, you know, he made fun of me, and he, and he said, "Yo, yo, he's done." He's like, "You should, should start combing your hair, man. You look like you look like you have one dreadlock growing out of your head because it's so nappy." And so, and so he, you know, he called me one dread, one dread, and then, you know, one dread. He's like, yo, one dread. <laughs> and everybody started laughing. Everybody's like, yo, everybody started laughing. And so for me, I was just like, okay, well, technically my hair does look like I have one dread. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So like when he, when he calls me one dread, it's not like technically he's right. Um, if my skin was really dry, like my, my legs were dry before basketball and I didn't lotion them, mm. you know, and then the guys and they're laughing. Well, uh, the truth is, is my leg and you will get laughed at for your, your, your legs, not, you know, being dry. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times like these jokes still come from reality and like, yo man, no, no, no situation is perfect. You got to embrace it. Um, Right. It, it is what it is. Um, right. Sometimes you have to be able to laugh at yourself um, and not take yourself seriously and just keep it moving, man, because, you know, yeah, you, it, the stress isn't worth it. Um, you know, jokes, jokes come and go. That's the important thing. You got you to gotta laugh at yourself, you know. You, you, you're not hmm. like, you know, I'm not Brad Pitt. You're like, mm. yeah, <laughs> four yeah, yeah, no. it's nothing. It's like, oh, okay, let's go. Yeah, but again, but part of that is is helping kids become aware 
Um, so I, I was reading the book, um, Seven Habits of Effective People. Yeah, great book. Yeah, and one of the things that stuck out about it to me was like, you want to raise your kids uh, to go from um, in um, dependent to independent to interdependent. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you're a child, you know you're dependent physically, emotionally, intellectually. Then you know you're raising your kid to become independent physically, emotionally, intellectually. Um, and then once you are independent and you own yourself, you can now give yourself to become interdependent. So people think the goal of, you know, human development is to become independent, but the guy is arguing it's not. The goal is to be, to learn how to coexist. But if you are dependent on what people think about you, Mm. if you're dependent on um, people to produce for you physically, you can never become interdependent interdependent with somebody because you you don't own yourself to give yourself to somebody right only when you um are independent when you own yourself you own your ideas your own your emotional state Mm. that regardless of what people think about you you own yourself Mm. now you can give yourself to somebody else marriage coexist on a team um long-lasting friendships so like that aspect of teaching your kids to be like, okay, look, man, like, yo, man, people are going to make fun of you. Um, bullies might not always come to take your lunch money and they might not always be trolling you online. Mm-hmm. Right. It might just be somebody at your workplace, um, somebody in your neighborhood. Um, you know what I mean? Um, and these things happen, right. You know, you're short. Someone's like, yo, shut up shorty. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're short. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, you walk out the, um, the color of your skin, you walk out the house, you are going to be a target. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, parents, you know, if you're going to send your kid to school and they're not wearing cool clothes, as much as you want to send them a message, you go to school and you're not dressed cool, you will be a target. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so these are things that you have to just acknowledge. Like, look, man, you know, you know parents, if your kid's fat, if you're raising a fat kid, guess what? Guess what's going to happen? You know what I mean? You know, like no amount of posters yeah. and, 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 and commercials. And th- are, you can't avoid that. Like, yeah, a grown-up will call your kid. Like, yo, move it, fat so You're blocking traffic. Like, yo, get out the way. Like, <laughs> you, know I mean? like you know what I mean? People... And, you know, you, you got to accept, you got to look in the mirror. You got to be like, okay, this is who God has made me to be. Um, there are, you know, these, these imperfections I got, it is what it is, but, but you, but you got to own yourself. That's my whole point. You got to own right. yourself. Owning yourself. And, and <clears throat> this ties in with what you were saying about being part of some form of martial art that when you do that, you have, you build, a, you build confidence in who you are, knowing what you can do. There's a big difference between, you know, if someone bullies, if someone's trying to bully you and you're like, I'll let him bully me because I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know how I fight back. As opposed to if someone's trying to bully you, you're like, eh, you know, I, I could easily take him out easily, but I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Not worth my time. There's a big difference in that. Mm-hmm. You know, on the outside, maybe it looks like you're losing, but you mm-hmm. know, you're like, look, this, this is not worth my time. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, because you know you would hurt him. So even in the back of your head, you're not walking away like how you felt before. Like, okay, I, 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 I missed opportunity. But you're like, ah, no, this, no, nah, no. Nah, uh, trust me, I did him a favor. <laughs> I did this guy a favor by walking away. You know what I mean? That that was an act of grace. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's good. And and even like, and 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 I was saying this to to my wife, and we were having um, a serious conversation about, um, you know, confrontations. And, you know, and I was trying to explain to her and for our marriage, you know, we, we work with these principles. We work with the principle of, you know, men and women are not the same. And so I, because I'm not a woman, I have to be gracious to my wife and listen to her about being a woman. Cause I know nothing about being a woman and I never will, but my, but but I'm humble to, to listen to my wife and my wife will be the same for me. She doesn't know nothing about being a man. And so she'll listen to me and we'll start from there. That's our premise. And so I was saying to her, you know, for men, you know, our, our, our mindset is it always comes down to or else what? It always comes down to or else what? As much as, you know, and I said to her, as much as, you know, ladies like to talk, and they want the guys to be talking and being open at the end of our conversation. If me and you are talking and I'm saying, yo, IJ, I'd appreciate it if you stopped doing this. I have to be prepared for you to say, or else what? Right? <laughs> so, well, or else what? What does or else what mean, IJ? Like, that's universal. It doesn't matter what language you say it in. Or else what means fight. Those, those are fighting words. Like after all this Kazingaram dialogue is done, <laughs> like the dialogue is done. Or, the, or, else what, or else what? You know, like the dialogue, we're done talking. Yeah. And that's my point of time. I'm like, yo, like I'm going to talk to this guy. I'm going to say, look, if you don't stop this, then we're going to have problems. You know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm telling you to stop or else what? Same thing with kids. It's the same thing from a grown man to a little kid. I'm like, look, hey, 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 little buddy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you to stop, um, you know, running over my, you know, playing on my grass. Yeah. Or else what? Yes. Or else what, man? Like, what? Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, or else what, bro? Like, like you know what I mean? So, it, so and I was trying to explain to her that, like, there, it always comes down to the or else what. So you have to be able to follow your words with action because sometimes people aren't, aren't trying to hear that as much as you, as much as you want to say, um, you know, get your point across, you know, some people aren't trying to hear that IJ. They're like, look, man, or else what, you know? And so you have to be prepared for that confrontation to get in with somebody. And then that's my, that's my, that's my only point. Cause you know, I mean like there's a point with, and I said, there's a point for men like, yeah, the talking stops at some point. We all stop talking as much as, you know, you know, as a one person saying like, Oh, I'm the greatest fighter or I'm, we're the best team. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you gotta, you know, we gotta go out and prove your point. Like when I said I was the best, I'm going to prove that I'm the best. Or if I'm, if I'm telling you to stop picking on my kid, I'm telling one parent to another parent, look, if you don't, if your kid doesn't stop picking on my kid, look, bro, I'm going to roll up, you know, in your place and, you know, and smack you and your kid and you got to do it 
<laughs> you know, and you, and you got to do it. You know what I mean? Because yeah, or, or else your word, you know, you know, your word is all you got and you got to be able to back up your word. I think it's true. I think there's, there is a sense in which you have to have conviction behind what you're saying. You know, you, you can't just willingly say it. And then when the time comes, you're like, ah, just kidding. You know, I was back it serious up. and back up. Yeah. Back it up. And you know, and you know what, especially like dealing with kids. And I guess I, I learned that from dealing with kids because for five years I used to work uh, Toronto community housing, mm-hmm. um, government housing. Um, and so government housing is like a risk youth. <clears throat> and so one thing dealing with, you know, you know, especially, you know, little kids and especially little boys is they're going to push. They're going to see what they can do and what they can get away with. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order for me to keep my rec site, my site where I work organized and keep the kids um, safe, I got to, um, follow through with the things I say. And that's where I get that from. So, you know, if the kids misbehave, um, you know, then I have to follow through with the consequences that I, that I give them, whether it's kicking them out of the program or banning them from a particular event. Um, these are things that I have to constantly be um, following through. So they know that Darnell means business. Mm. Now, now after that, you know, I have their respect, but yes. generally, um, I find with, with kids, um, that you have to let them know you mean business. So mm-hmm. like when I first come to a, a site, when I, like, if I get like moved to Jane and Finch and I got to work there, the first thing that I need to do when I come on site and deal with the kids is not smile. I'm not smiling. Uh, I'm not friendly. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not friendly. I'm not your buddy. Um, I got. I come in and I hit hard. I speak clearly and I'm hitting hard. I'm letting everybody know that look, I'm running things. Look, if you're having, you know, you know if if you're going to be a problem here, yo, you got to go, or whatever it's the like, case may be. It's like Coach Carter. Well, yes, but but guess what? Like after a week, when everybody's acquainted. Then I start goofing off. We start joking. We start running around. We start fooling around. And then um, I, can, I can show them the other side of me. Um, but if I showed the play, playful side and then I tried to show the stern side after that stern side, they're not going to buy it. They're not going to buy it. So that's why in the start, you, gotta, you have to set an example. And sometimes you, you have to make an example out of a kid. Yeah. I, I know it sounds bad. I know, I know it sounds rough. But yeah, sometimes you got to make an example out of a kid where the kid just does one little thing wrong mm-hmm. and then you got to lay them out. You got to be like, look, man, da, 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 da. you're gone for a week, a week. We're going to Wonderland next. Well, that is too bad. Like, oh, oh my Lord. Oh, I'm like, get out of here. I'm going to talk to your mom. So all the kids are like, okay, yo, 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 we got to do what Darnold says. <laughs> we got to do what Darnold says because he's kicking kids out the program. Right. Man, that's, that's actually fascinating that you, that approach where you come in and you don't show your, your uh, friendly, you know, the Darnell side that I know. You know you come in that everybody just, knows. Yeah. And so that, that is actually so fascinating to me because, yeah. and maybe, maybe this is particular to like the, 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 uh, the situation in the area that with the kids, maybe mm-hmm. they're you know, more rebellious, but 
that I think you're right in that kids, they're the first people to know if you're telling the truth when you say, if you do this, this will happen. Because if you if you say if you if you don't if you don't listen to my instructions, then the X will happen, and then the X doesn't happen. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, we got some leeway, here. Mm-hmm. and then you just keep pushing. Mm-hmm. You find this with like little kids, very yeah. very little kids. You know, two year olds will do this. Like, don't touch mm-hmm. that! Don't touch that! Boop! They're like, well, yep, it's, it's different with bro. Facts. And you know, it's, you know, I get that from my dad. So that, that's like kind of like that old school mentality. That's like, like we just talked about, um, um, unsupervised play being outside. And so my dad is from a generation where, um, you know, it takes a village. Hmm. My dad is from that generation where it takes a village to raise a child. So like my dad yells at other people's kids. (laughs) <laughs> Same with my dad. Bro, so, so I kind of have to tell my dad, I'm like, Hey, yo dad, like, yo, yo, you can't do that no more. <laughs> but, but I do that. I do that. I was doing, I, I caught myself doing that as well, where, you know, at my apartment, um, you know, we have a barbecue that everybody uses, yeah. right? So everybody uses the barbecue. It's a common space, you know, crucial, crucial piece of equipment. So I'm, I'm out outside, you know, working out and I see this one kid, playing around with it, just throwing stuff on the grill and turning on the heat and playing with the barbecue. And, you know, I just, I was like, yo, I was like, yo, what are you doing? Is that a steak? Are you cooking a steak, man? And he's like, he's like, and then he just looks scared. I'm like, yo, man, if you're not cooking a steak, leave the barbecue alone. <laughs> and then he had to close the thing. You know what I mean? So, so, I, so, I, so I yelled at him. And so, like, now when I see him, he says, hi. Or he says, hi. I say, hey, what's going on, man? You know, and, and, and I could talk to him. Uh, but the point was that he was doing something, one, that was dangerous for him and one that he's going to ruin the property. And that, like, I, I had to come at him and like, say, like, look, look, bro, like, I have to scare you not to do this again. I'm not asking you. Like, I'm telling you, what you're doing is a total wrong thing to do. Another kid I yelled at. Um, I was working, I was playing basketball outside. And so next to my, the basketball court is a swimming pool. And so this little girl, she had to be about five. So there's a rip in the fence. She rips it's, the fence? No, there's a rip. Oh, there's a rip. The kids, you know, yeah, yeah, there's all the fences have rips in it. So the kids rip all the fences. So the kid slid through the fence. We went to go swimming. Okay. Bro. I yelled at her. I was like, yo, hey, 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 baby girl, get, get, get your ass out of there, man. Like, get out of here. And, and you know, so, so she came out and actually her and her little friends came out and I said, yo, get out of here. Get, come over here. And I said, look, man, I said, look, man, I don't want to go to your mom and dad and tell them that you're dead because of me. I don't want, I don't, I can't have you die under my supervision. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't look your mom and dad. I don't even know them. I can't look them in the face and tell them that your daughter is dead because of me. Like, I know I'm yelling because, yo, like guys, what you guys are doing is very dangerous, mm-hmm. you know, and so forth. And so, you know, you know, and that eventually developed a rapport with the kids there. Um, and so, you know, 
you know, every time I'm outside, you know, and I see the kids, you know, it's always waves. Hey, 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 D, hey, D, hey, 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 you know, but you have to point out to kids, like, speak sternly with them, let them know, like, okay, look, I'm the authority right now. Your mom and dad are here, but I'm the authority now. So you better listen to me. Now, whatever fallout happens with their mom, like, oh, what if their mom comes and yells at me? I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay with your mom yelling at me. Um, you're, for, looking out for, you're looking out for the kid. Can you imagine if she died under, you know what I mean? Or could you yeah. imagine the kid burned his face off yeah. and I was there and didn't say nothing? You see what I'm saying? I'd rather, I'd rather your dad come to me, you know, point a figure in my face than, than, than the kid be safe. And, and it's all about the tone. It's all about the approach. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend, Anthony, um, he said this to me, um, his son, we were, we were hanging out. Um, and, uh, his son was playing with a remote control car. And so, you know, you know, with a remote control car, there's two sticks on the remote control car, one for forward and one for left and right. You know, those kind of things. So, so he, he was only using the left and right. And so, or, or, and then he was only using the forward. He wasn't pushing it backwards. So every time he'd push it forward, he'd run, he'd go get it and then put it, bring it backwards. And so oh, I saw him not using, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not using the backwards. And so I said to him, and, and I said, just like this, I was like, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? And he looked at me like a little kid. He's probably like four. He's like, yo, what are you? you know, kid looked at me and it was a stern. I was like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, 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 make sure you push back on the, on the controller. And he's looking at me and he's not doing it. He's just keep pushing forward. I'm like, yo, you're not listening. I said, yo, push back on the controller. Right. And the kid's looking at me like scared. I'm like, and I'm, and I'm, and he, and, and he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I said, I said, and I looked at him. I'm like, yo, you're not listening. What I'm telling you to do push back on the controller. And then he did it and then went backwards. It's like, oh, and like, oh. Yeah. And, and then his, his dad looked at me and he says, and he says, yo, you can't turn it off. eh?" It's like, you can't turn it off, man. You, you're a coach through and through, man. You're a coach through and through. You just talk to him like he was like, you know, on the basketball court. But I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I can't it's, help it. But yeah, just dealing with kids, you have, to, you have to be firm from the jump. And then after that, it's all play. Yeah. I think that, that, that is something that I've noticed with my dad. You know, all the kids, kids love my dad. But if you, if, you, if you had watched him interact with the kids at first, I was very similar to you. Very mm-hmm. firm, you know, if they're coming up to, you know, to visit our house and the kid's just like making a mess, doing it, like, hey, and then don't do this. You know, this is not yours, blah, blah, blah. This is very dangerous. You could break this. And the kid might cry because, you know, often doesn't cry. They're like, they just do this, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. then after that, they're like, hello, you know, they're super they listen, they're very, very well-mannered. And it's so funny that you're telling me this because I, I, it's the cultural shift when I came here to Canada was just drastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, drastic mm-hmm. as in like kid, people would have, people have kids, obviously friends, my friends have kids, other people that I know have kids and mm-hmm. you know, the way they treat their kids when I came here, it was just like different. They're like, no one, nobody but the parent could tell what the kid you know, they're like, only the parents can say it. Nobody, if the kid's doing something stupid in the mall, nobody says anything. They're like, well, well, there's the mom, there's the yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, what? I was like, this is so, you're like, yo, this kid is doing some, something really stupid. You should probably mm-hmm. say something. And then, yeah. you know, we, 
we've had like so sorry 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 and you're saying like that's where like where you come from and that's how you grew up that's like people would talk to people's kids yeah i mean not everyone i mean i grew up with my dad and my dad would tell people like the kids especially if they were misbehaving mm -hmm. yeah he was like look this is exactly how he's like this is this is not you're not allowed to do this your parents have told you before you can't do this you can't do this in the house you can't do this here if we're playing say we're say have some friends over and we're playing you know cricket on the on the front lawn or something in our in the in, the, in our house mm -hmm. and kid breaks the window you know that's something like oh it's okay it's like mm -hmm. hey you gotta be careful you know very very firm but speaking the truth you gotta be careful how you're playing with this you can't just willy-nilly hit this cricket ball anywhere you want you know windows here mm -hmm. hit it towards that way obviously as a kid you don't have much mm -hmm. control but you're like oh okay. <laughs> all right i'll do that and then but the kids always mm -hmm. develop a sense of respect and then dad will just go from like super stern to then he's like all of a sudden he's like your next best friend you're like what the heck is happening you know and so coming here it's the total opposite except for now that i'm talking to you mm -hmm. and i'm learning this about you man it's like i mean i yeah. had some friends you know some kids and i've told the kids like hey you can't do that and at times i felt like oh man i don't know if i'm allowed to do this here in canada i don't know if my mm -hmm. friends will you know mm -hmm. appreciate it but i yeah. said like hey you can't do this and i haven't been you mm -hmm. know if i was in india it'd be totally different if, if we, but i didn't know people did this here until just now this is like yeah well yeah. <laughs> well you know it's, it's one of those things where i'm well, i think i might be the anomaly um because I, I saw my dad do it um and 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 i think that you know love has to come first so if you're loving other people's kids first you're going to be straight up with them but at the same time like you know especially you know with me and you and us having you know peers who have kids and you know being around them you know some people are very finicky about uh, how, how you deal with their kids so you know just you know having a, a high emotional intelligence to be like you know what you know i'm not even gonna say nothing you know because you already you know <laughs> you know you know because you know you're although that's your boy you're like you know what man i'm not even gonna say nothing to my man's kid you know whatever i'm not even gonna say nothing because you know that's my man so i already know how he gets down you know if i say something to his son next thing you know he's like yo man you know don't talk to my kid just you know I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say nothing. Um, so a lot of times, sometimes people, I don't say nothing. Um, their kid. And then some people will, will tell me, some of my friends will be like, yo, hey, you see my kid out on the street doing something, you know, you have to say something. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I want, I want, they'll say like, I want my, my kids to listen to other people, to other adults. Like, it's not like, oh, well, you're not my daddy. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like where they're not like, yeah, no, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's your parents or not, you know, you want your kids when they leave the house, you know, to listen to authority, um, regardless of who it is or what they look like, you know, as an adult, an adult is the adult um, and the kid is the kid. Um, so even at church, um, you know, we do, we, you know, most of the guys at church, uh, well, uh, well, yeah, most of the guys at church practice that mostly like, you know, the guys from the Caribbean background, um, practice that with the kids. And I, I don't, I don't know if it's a racial thing because like 
So my, my church is very, 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 very multicultural. So we have everybody there. Um, but the black kids who run around crazy, it's usually the older black guys who are yelling at them. Yeah. Right? The older white guys aren't going to yell at the little black kids because, you know, you don't know them like that. But usually the, <laughs> usually the black guys are yelling at the little black kids like, yo, why are you jumping on the couch? Do you do that at home? What, what are you doing? <laughs> Yo, get, me, get off of there, man. What's wrong, with you? What's wrong with you, man? Act like you got some sense, man. You at church. Stop jumping on the couch. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so there's points where, you know, now, you know, for people who aren't from the culture, like, yo, how, how can you talk to somebody else's yes. kid that way? Yes. I'm like, well, you know, it's not even like somebody else's kid, but it's like, you know, it's just culture. It's just like, yeah, like, come on, man. Like, you know, everybody's parent we're assuming everybody's parent wants your kid to when they're in public to not embarrass your parent like i don't know your mom but i'm sure your mom doesn't want you in church acting crazy because you're now you're making her look like a bad mom you know what i mean like i i don't know your mom but i know your mom and i know she doesn't she wouldn't approve of that so stop it Yes. Versus like, oh, hey, 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 you know, you don't want to talk to um, the kid because you're afraid the mom's going to come back and cuss you. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's still some emotional uh, intelligence and being aware of these cultural cues and be like, yeah, okay, you know what? Yeah, you can yell at this kid. But there's definitely, there's definitely an, uh, an aspect where you, it's not like, you know, you don't want to be the person who, Things they have, they can say whatever they want to any kid, you know. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna smack you because I would like mm-hmm. I would smack my kid. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, there's that sense of like, yeah, okay, this is someone else's kid. And hey, but IJ, there was a time, there was a time like back in the day where other people could beat your kid, and there was there was no, there was not beat, that man. was not a, the, <laughs> by other people. Like that was like my 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 parents would tell me about. There was a time where you can get beat by your neighbor, and you know, and if the word got back to your mom, yeah. your mom would believe your neighbor that you would get more of a butt whooping. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the kind of respect people had for other adults. Um, but now we're in a place where, you know, you know, people love their kids. They want to protect their kids. And so the kid's word will come before an adult. Mm-hmm. So if, if, I, if, I come, if I come to you, IJ, and say, hey, you know, hey, IJ, uh, you know, I, I saw your son throwing rocks uh, at the window. Now you call your son to the door and you're like, um, Mr. Darnell said you were throwing rocks. He's lying. He's lying. Dad, I'm telling you, he's lying. Like, so you call my son a liar? Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. one of those things where, you know, now, you, now in my head, I'm like, you know what? Yo, I'm not even going to say nothing. Whatever, man. That's, you know, whatever. You know? And so that's why my grandma... Shout out to my grandma, man. Shout out to the grandparents. They're so lovely. My grandma says this. And very controversial, but my grandma says, yeah, you don't, you don't pick up for your kids. You don't pick up for your kids. Guy, when my grandma said that, I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you don't pick up for your kids. You know why, Darnell? Because you don't know who they are outside of the house. You know who they are at home, but there are different people when they're not with you. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, mama, I was like, wow, that's, that's deep. She's like, yeah, you don't know. And, and I knew she was right because I thought about myself and my mom and my parents. Yeah, Darnell Samuels is one way at home. 
it was something else on the street. Yo, I was like, yo, when I got to <laughs> high school and I'm and I'm you know I'm in the cafeteria and I'm talking my talking, I'm acting up like I'm a I'm a different I'm like this motherfucker I'll fuck this nigga fuck this nigga I'll fuck and I'm cussing <laughs> carrying on all I'm doing the most. You know, and I was like, yo, she's right. Yeah, like, yeah, when you're at home, you're one thing. She's like, yeah, so the point she's making is like, yeah, you can't pick up for your kids. If someone accuses your kid of something, you you you, you can't pick up for them because you don't know what they're like outside. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. But most parents won't even live by that. Yeah. That is, and, that, and that's something with, with kids. You want to teach your kids to be, to have integrity so that they're, they're the same people the way they act at home and the way they act outside. And that, that would, that's like the ideal. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to teach your kid. Yeah. And why, and you know, and why would a parent, you know, and why would another adult come and, you know, talk bad about your kid unless, you know, they were being bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, as much as we, as much as we, you know, don't like our nosy neighbors, nosy neighbors are crucial. They're crucial. Right, because you know your neighbor will come and say, "Hey, you know, I, you know, I saw your son. He was sneaking out." You're like, "Okay, yo, yo, thanks, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me know." Versus like, "Oh, just mind your business, Miss Jenkins." Yeah, it's none of your damn business. But it's it's it, but that's the thing. That's the that's the culture we're living in. You know, you can't even say anything. You're yeah. Just like, I mean, I'm yeah. not that you can't say anything. I think you can say something, but people tend not to say something. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but I think it all comes down to, you know, it takes a, a village to raise a child and all the things we've been talking about in regards to um, like the unsupervised play um, and and having, you know, your neighbors, you know, come and having other people yell at your kid um, is helpful. Um, coaching, whether, you know, even if you're not your neighbors or your coaches, um, it's, it's good to have, um, other people put your kids through the ringer because if, if you're not putting your kid through the ringer when they become an adult and whether you're working under somebody and your boss is like kind of a rough person or your, or your coworkers, sometimes it's not even your boss, it's your coworkers, right? Me and you are coworkers and you're not pulling your weight. Like, no offense, if me and you are coworkers and we're peers and you're making work harder for me or you're not pulling your weight, I'm going to tear a strip off of you and we're going to have a problem, right? If we're playing soccer and you're not carrying your weight, I'm going to tear a strip off of you. Yeah. You know, and if you don't know how to handle that, well, now, you know, you're like, oh, well, I've never been, nobody's ever yelled at me before. No one's ever called me out before. You know, no one's ever made fun of me before. And that's, and that's, it's at that point that either you learn or you just mm. go under and turn into a victim. You're like, Oh, you know, because of Pablo and you just keep kind of going down. And it's important that kids don't grow up with a victim mindset. Uh, yeah. A victim mindset. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I think, you know, especially, you know, growing up, and playing, you know, me, I'm playing basketball. Yeah. Um, and we have this thing called um, bully ball. So What's in that? theory, so like, so like uh, in, in, um, so like for basketball, right? The, the, the theory is if somebody's smaller than you, you have to um, take advantage of them. As expected. 
Yeah, well, well, but, but, but see, but there's a principle here, right? There's okay. a principle here. Like, right. You're right. So, so we call it bully ball. So the, the bigger person has to, has to pound on the younger or, or on the smaller guy. So, if, you know, you're playing in a game and I'm, you know, the guy I'm guarding is bigger than me on my team. I'm considered the weakest link. So okay. now they have to, now they have to expose the fact that, okay, he's smaller there's somebody bigger on him, give that guy the ball and let him, we say, put him on an island, meaning move the offense and defense away from the person. So it's just me and the bigger guy. And the this bigger guy will just this pound on me. me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so, so that, that's how we play, right? So I mean, isolation, right? So we put a guy on an island. And if you're the weakest link and you can see it, you're like, okay, Darnell's smaller. Darnell, because I'm 5'10". They're like, okay, Darnell's 5'10". The guy he's guarding is 6'2". He outweighs him, he's taller than him, give him the ball, and then he'll just, you know, just pound on me, slowly just pound the ball and score on me. And so, like, that, technically, yeah, I'm a victim, right? I'm a victim because um, I'm being um, exposed and taken advantage of, right? But now there's ways that I can fight back as a smaller person. But of course... From, from true sport, like true sportsmanship is teaching me that I have to fight back. I can't just give up. Okay. So the purpose is to teach you that. The well, purpose. well, if you're trying to win, well, if you're trying to win, cause there's always yeah. going to be a weakest link, there's mm-hmm. always going to be a weaker link, even in any sport. I'm sure it happens in, in, in hockey as well. And pro- probably soccer as well, where you have to take advantage of the smaller people. Um, but if it was really that bad, then I would just stop playing basketball. I would just check out, you know, I just would stop competing. You see what I'm saying? So at some point, like you have to um, not necessarily see yourself as a victim, um, but understand that just like sports in life, there's always going to be disadvantage. Um, But that doesn't mean you should stop fighting or use it as an excuse. So if I lose um, like good sportsmanship, um, and losing just like in fighting, right. Is like, yo, the better man won. Mm -hmm. I have to find a way to, um, bring out my privileges, um, my advantages. So as a smaller guy, the advantage I have is that I'm quicker. So I have to start finding ways to use my advantage, um, as a smaller person. And there's always something you can leverage um, as an athlete. And that's why, you know, that's why you have smaller guys competing in hockey and mm. even in, in soccer and basketball, because there's still an advantage for, for smaller guys. They aren't a total write-off. You see what I'm saying? So it's the same thing in, in the culture. Like nobody is a total write-off as long as the, gosh, as long as the market is somewhat free yeah, and we can free it up and, 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 and people can, um, use the skills that they have to create a future for themselves, then you just have to work on doing you. If, if your thing is, you know, web design, then you got to be the best web designer. Mm. If you're the best singer, then you got to be the best singer. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So, or best lawn care, then you got, you got to, you know, do the best landscaping um, to make your money. But I, I, I don't, I don't think when you look at sport as a metaphor for life, I don't think, um, there's a such thing as uh, victims. Mm. I, think, I think the <clears throat> that's why that's why personally Brazilian Jiu Jitsu has been something of a 
of a sport that I've actually learned more from than any of the sports that I've played. Where mm-hmm. basic so just some life principles that you you cannot not draw from practicing jiu-jitsu. You know, one and one simple one would be learning is is basically anytime you step on the mat, it's it's you. It's 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 Darnell stepping on the mat. It's not fake Darnell. You know, it's not this Darnell or IJ that you know IJ is so cool outside. You know, he talks a lot. Blah blah blah. When you step on the mat, it's you. There's no hiding from anyone. Nobody can protect you. It's you and the person that you're going against. And if you lose, you know that you have work to do. And it all, and it's something that one thing a saying that goes through with jujitsu is always leave your ego at the doorstep. Always, no matter what, no matter how big you are, no matter how strong you are, you gotta take keep, take your ego, leave it at the doorstep, and come in to learn. And we, I've had I've had friends, acquaintances who've come in who've started training with me, and some of them were like bodybuilders, big dudes are now. I mean, they're they're big dudes, like they're mm-hmm. short, one shoulder is like the size of my two shoulders put together, big dudes. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for them. I don't know if somebody didn't tell them to leave their ego at the doorstep, but it was like you come in and maybe their whole life they've dominated people. You know, they're so big. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've dominated mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. You come in and then you go against a 140 pound, 45 pounder, you know, but he's mm-hmm. been training for four years, five years. And then you just get completely destroyed. Five minutes, the guy subs you five times. Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? And you mm-hmm. have this repeated trauma. Mm-hmm. Six months, and if you still haven't been like, okay, I'm, I see that I'm losing. I'm a victim because I don't obviously in the victim in the sense that you don't know, so you're losing. Mm-hmm. But if you can't get over that, if you can't be like, okay, let me learn from this. It's like some of the guys that I've trained with who no longer train, they just stop completely training. They just don't show up. One day something clicks and they just don't show up, and it's sad. Well. You know, it's sad. You're like, man. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's also beautiful, but th- I think this is what this is why men are inclined to be aggressive and men get into fights because you know uh, Teddy Atlas, um, the best, the 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 the, the um, boxing trainer said, you know, um, he calls the ring the truth chamber. Right? He calls it the truth chamber. He says, like, he says, in life, there's a lot of places you can lie. But the ring is not one of them. If you're a liar, you will be exposed. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so uh, I, I always love, I loved what he said that he's like, yeah, it's the truth chamber because, and that's why we compete because at some point, like, yeah, the truth is your muscles aren't going to save you. Yeah. Um, the truth is I'm the best fill in the blank in the country. And we we're going to play it out, and you know I'm the best chess player in the country, and we're going to play it out, um, and we're going to compete, and we're going to go into the ring, um, and 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 we're 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 going to come out and see who 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 the winner is and who the loser is, and that's life, and this is what's key, um, is that winning and losing, and we learned that again back to our point, unsupervised play. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to lose. Someone is guaranteed to lose. <laughs> you're you're guaranteed. guaranteed to lose. And so 
and and then and you know it's always good it's always fun when you sweeten the pot where you're like okay loser does 10 push-ups loser does 15 mm-hmm. you know what i mean and and that just creates you know that competitive monster that competitive vibe and that's why you know when we talk about economics and the market and competition and this is why um you know libertarians and free market guys are very big on competition the more competition in the economy the better it is for everybody but there mean you both know there are people who do not like competition in the economy and so they're going to ask for the government to come and take out the competition or they're going to complain about the competition or they're like okay well no we're just going to have um, public schools. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to have more than public schools. We're not going to mm-hmm. give more competition to the schools, right? Because more schools means more options for, for the kids to improve. Yeah. But of course, some people don't like competition. So for us who grew up playing street hockey, um, soccer and baseball in, 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 in the playground and learning, learning about that true chamber, mm-hmm. about lo- winning and losing and just saying like, look, man, you can, IJ, you could talk all you want, man. But at the end of the day, when me and you, you know, go to the mat, it's the truth chamber. We're going to yeah. find out who really is the better person. Right. And at the end of that, you, you know, we're going to shake hands and say, okay, well, you know what? I, I got work to do. Exactly. Right. So, and, and, and I think, and I think that that's very attractive to, to young men, even. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very attractive and, and to women too, and to women too, but more so again. And, and when I say men, I don't want to speak in a way that says, you know, it's black and white because there is some overlap where some men do not have that, um, ha- have, um, the, the masculine testosterone, masculine traits and some, um, and some women don't have as much as the feminine trait. Um, feminine um, characteristics. Um, so I'm not speaking necessarily black and white, but just in general, in average, you know, boys act a certain way, girls act a certain way. Um, very simple. Boys are crazy. They jump off couches. Um, they they take risks. They're rough. They're smelly. You know, and women um, are a different way. You know what I mean? So. But, but when it comes down to competition and, 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 and fighting, um, you know, it's just it's up for, for a lot of males, that's, it's just a natural inclination to do that. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Man, this has been a great conversation. Um, before we end <laughs> off, where, where can our listeners find Darnell? Oh, okay. Um, you guys trying to find me? Uh, it is Do Good Darnell. That's why it's D O G U. D-D-A underscore Darnell on Twitter, Instagram, Darnell Samuels on Facebook. And then I have two podcasts. I have the Sixth Sense Report with uh, my co-host Joel Nikoloff, which uh, focuses on um, theology and economics from a Canadian perspective. So we analyze Canadian events and we break it down from an economic and theological perspective. And then I have another one called Thanks Coach, where it's a docu-series about um, the coaches that have impacted my life, guys who I've coached as kids who are grown men coaching, guys who I played with who are now coaching, and then guys who coached me who are coaching and just life lessons in the psychology of human development and things like that. So you can find Thanks to Coach on Anchor and Spotify and then um, Sixth Sense Report on all major outlets. 
and the Studio Six Sensor Port is now on season four. Yeah, season four. We're still, we're, yeah, we're still on break. We're still on break, so we should be back um, by the end of this month um, to tackle some of this COVID stuff and other things. And for uh, thanks, Coach. Is it every week that you're? Releasing? Yeah, every week, every week. But that, but that, that, that season's going to come to an end at the end of the month. So when thanks, Coach comes to an end, then I'll, and then I'll start up the Six Sense Report. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so thanks a lot, IJ. This was. This was a, a lot of fun. Um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Uh, this, this is our part two. This is part, this is part two, man. Two conversations. Because, yeah, because part one, um, black conservative. <laughs> it was a good convo, man. This, is, this has been the fantastic. Black man. conservative. I, I appreciate it. I'm, we'll, we'll have to go do a part three. You know, part like three, Batman, well, Batman part three. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hopefully, hopefully the people um, found the conversation helpful and enjoying because you know uh, because you know you, you want to be able to leave something for people's lives and make things a lot easier and make sense of things for people. So um, I hope it'll be helpful for uh, your audience. Oh, I think so, man. I I I I I learned a lot and it was awesome. As always, talking to you. So uh, thanks, thanks, man, and and I appreciate it too. And I learned a lot. I lo- I always learn a lot, you know. Um, talking, you going back back and forth. So that's good. And next time we'll do this in person. Yes, yes, we will, man. All right, peace, Darnell. Yeah. All right, later, bro.